Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Inspire and Intel, where we give you so much inspiration, but we sprinkle just a little bit of intellect in there to get you thinking, enough to get you thriving, whether it be in business, with your families, personal development, professional development, whatever you have going on. We are hoping that these episodes are something that will inspire you to live bigger, better, and even more bolder than ever before, especially during these times where we're dealing with COVID-19. I am your host, Leah Frazier. I am the CEO of Think3 Media or media personality with leahfraser.com. And I'm so happy that you guys are joining us today. Um, This episode is really near and dear to my heart because I am a self-proclaimed, well, actually it's not even self-proclaimed, it's just the truth. I'm an overachiever. And even with everything that's going on with this pandemic, um, it's affected my, my business. You know, I run a small business. We are a creative marketing and communications agency. And let's just be honest, like sometimes when people hire us, we're not at the top of the list. We're not essential if we're going to use um, these terms. And so we've had to make some shifts and do, you know, some pivots to the business to see um, what what can we add on, you know, in this point in time for revenue and for income. And so it's it's been a bit of a challenge, <laughs> but I'm... I thrive in this type of atmosphere. So it's been it's been a little bit crazy. Um, just trying to figure out what's next when you don't know when the end is coming. And so my next guest on my podcast is Dr. Kimberly Ellison. She's a dear friend. She's spoken at my women's conference and she's an international speaker and author a business strategist. She does corporate trainings. I mean, she is just absolutely incredible. And this episode was just birthed out of us having a telephone conversation about um, people being paralyzed by fear or and not producing in a time where maybe they should be getting some of those ideas off the ground or just working towards getting some of those ideas and passions of theirs off the ground. And then there's some people that are feeling the pressure of what they're seeing everybody else around them doing. So, you know, you have people that are, oh, I'm learning a new, la- new language. I'm taking all these courses at Harvard or I'm about to write my book. And you can feel those pressures to say, you know, I'm not doing enough or I'm not enough. And so both Dr. Kimberly and I are like, well, maybe this isn't your season to do all of that. So don't look to the left and right of you. Maybe this is your season to take a chill pill and just be still. Maybe there's going to be some amazing ideas that are going to come to you if you don't get into this heavy production mode and you just sit still. So this is what this next episode is about. We'll be talking everything about how do you produce? How do you remain focused during the pandemic on those things that you know you need to be working on? Or should you just be in self-preservation mode right now? Maybe you shouldn't be producing. Um, If you're in preparation mode, like what does that look like? And Dr. Kimberly breaks 
all of this down. She even talks about high performers. What does that mean? How to perform throughout the pandemic. It's just super phenomenal. So even if you have to press pause and come back, this is one of those ones that you're going to want to do that with. And you're going to want to have pen and paper ready to take notes because she has so many quotes in there where I'm like, oh my God, this is so awesome. Again, thank you guys so much for supporting this podcast. And if you, if it resonates with you, Please subscribe, share this out, like it, leave us a review. We truly adore everybody that tunes in and that's faithful listeners. And without further ado, I'm going to let you guys go ahead and listen to what Dr. Kimberly has to say. But first, a word from our lovely sponsor. everybody on this Thursday and I you know I'm just proud of myself that I just knew what today was because these days start to roll together all of a sudden (laughs) and thank you guys for coming out on a Thursday this is like I don't even know how many of these we have done but I can tell you and I can tell anybody else that this is going to be one of my favorites all right no because this woman right here is just so incredibly gifted and genuine and authentic and this actual Q&A was birthed out of just a homegirl conversation where we like during this time you know just speaking and just saying hey we're seeing this we're seeing that and I was like wait a minute you have to come on and you got to speak this into some people because people are going through some real hard, tough issues. And so I am more than happy to welcome Dr. Kimberly Ellison to our fantastic small business series for Think3 Media as, um, I'll let you say, I mean, she's an international speaker. I'm surprised I can get a hold of you. Like she wasn't in Dubai speaking. The pandemic <laughs> saved her for us. Travel <laughs> restrictions. Yeah. So why don't you tell everybody a little bit about you, what you're doing, and we'll get rocking. Absolutely. First of all, thank you so much, uh, Leah, um, and your um, organization, Think3 Media as well. And thank you all for giving of your time. And I always say just because we are um, isolated or doing, um, you know, the social distancing does not mean that you don't have things to do. And people have it, get it confused. They think because you're social distancing that you just have all the time in the world. And that's not always necessarily true. So thank you for your time. Um, I know tonight we were going to have a great discussion, but let me share a little bit about myself. One thing is I just love seeing the outcomes of people. I like to, um, I just know that I was um, just born to help people move from potential to achievement and whatever it is, if it's their personal, professional, or the spiritual growth and development of their life, it has been, it is my passion and my purpose to see other people walk in their their purpose. And so with that, I've walked through um, training and development through organizations where um, my background lends itself to about 19 years of performance improvement, leadership development, career development in the corporate realm, but also um, in ministry and in a nonprofit sector, I've all worked with women uh, professionally, helping women translate kingdom principles or biblical principles into practical everyday life um, solutions. I love what I do. I love um, the women that I get an opportunity to work with. I love the men that I get an opportunity to cross paths with as well. And so I'm just here to 
answer questions and really share some of my experiences, some of the knowledge that I've been able to acquire over the years, and as well as really connect with you all in a way that when we walk away on tonight, we'll be moving forward closer um, to the person we see in our dreams. And I just love that. And for some of you guys who actually, some that have been logging in and out were at Activate Her. So you guys got to see Dr. Kimberly live and in the flesh and in person when she was talking about branding and your internal DNA and all of that stuff. So y'all know she rocked the house. And so <laughs> I just had to have her back. But I think this discussion is so important because um, for a lot of people, we're, you know, they're going through some really tough times. So either they're business owners and they've had to totally pivot as is the keyword, right? Or shift um, dynamics in their business. And then there's other people who were possibly employed that lost their jobs, but maybe this is a time in their life where now it's time for you to put whatever was on your heart out into the space. And so there's a lot of confusion, there's fear, there's negativity. Mm -hmm. And for some people, that's very paralyzing. Yes. So you could just sit on the couch and just be like, I don't know what to do in this moment. But then in our conversation, we were like, no, this is the perfect time for you to do that thing and, and push it out and produce. So why don't you talk a little bit about how, how you view this whole situation from that standpoint? Absolutely. First of all, let's recognize the fact that we are in a crisis. And when we're in a crisis in this pandemic, and um, it's not just individually, or it's not just for us personally, it's not professionally, it's every single part of who we are has been affected. Um, from our family life, from all different types of relationships, to our professional relationships, to our girlfriend, boyfriend, you know, relationships, all the, everything in our life has been affected. Even how we go to the gym, the things that we eat, like every part of who we are has been affected. And so that means we are in the middle of a crisis. A crisis, when we think about it, it's something that we cannot control. It's something that come and, and it just comes to us and we literally just comes out of nowhere. And we have no way. It's an event that's going to lead us to some type of end, but we're, we don't know what the end looks like. And so it happens. So let's acknowledge the fact that we are in the middle of a crisis. And just from us being here today is, you know, it's, it's kudos to all of us who are remaining in a place of trying to be um, staying healthy, trying to stay inside, trying to social distance, but also saying, this is still a time for me to produce. This is still a time for me to connect with other people um, that I'm able to pick up some tools and tips and things from, and I'm able to sharpen my saw. But one thing I want to keep in mind, um, Leah, and the rest of us who are on the call um, today is to really think about a couple of things. One, I want you to think about two words that we're gonna talk about tonight. And I just really talk, just really thought about what that looks like. For one, when you're in a crisis, there are two things. One is self-preservation. Because everybody's trying to make sure that they have, you know, they can save themselves and, um, and, and, and maybe that they have to hold on tighter to their money or they don't know if they're gonna lose their jobs. Some have lost their jobs. You know, others have lost family members. And even uh, speaking from a point of personal inquiry, I just lost my brother-in-law to COVID on Friday. And so with that, um, I've also had family members, about four to five family members who have tested positive and were quarantined. And in that, we had to have creative ways in order to support them in the middle of a crisis. And so it's very difficult emotionally for us. 
um, to really talk about um, how do we produce or how do we remain focused in the middle of this pandemic? Well, I want to assure, assure you that this pandemic does not, it, it did come in a way to help um, us to see things in a different way. But again, we are not destroyed. We are not down for the count. We may be still, but that does not mean we cannot still produce. And so I just want to encourage you, self-preservation. And the next word is going to be self-preparation. And they come um, both under the crisis and in, in a pandemic, and they both are going to be essential. Because when you think about that, self-preservation says um, it comes out of pain and fear. And then self-preparation comes out of ambition and vision. And so we're going to talk about what that looks like and how do we compartmentalize both of those in a way that's going to help us to produce, and that's going to help us increase productivity, and then that's going to take us to the highest performance that we can do and see and be the best version of who we are. Yeah, I love that you uh, talked about self-preservation because I just think that's, that's human instinct. When something <laughs> happens, you know, uh, in law, we always talked about it as fight or flight. Yep. You know, something happens, you're ready. And Olga's shaking her head because she knows from the uh, the mental and the cognitive part of it, like you're ready to, <laughs> no, really. to defend yourself. And for some people, though, in that defense and self-preservation, it's, it's a halt because you're not knowing which way to go, which way to be. Um, and, and then the uncertainty of everything is, okay, I don't know how long this is going to last. And then fear creeps in. Oh, yeah. And so like, what tips do you have for people to kind of rise from these ashes at this moment in time? Well, first, we have to think, know, and, and know that self-preservation is our alt-controlled um, delete. It's our default setting. It's the thing because we're human. And so the first thing we do is, if you think about the computer, if you want to go back to the beginning or default, you go to alt, control, delete, and it takes you to your default setting. And that's what we do when we're in a, a pandemic or a crisis, or when we've experienced something that is um, painful or that we think is in the face of fear. And so that is who we are naturally. So first of all, give yourself some grace because that's just a natural response to say, oh my gosh, I see companies shutting down. I see people losing their jobs I see people dying so what am I going to do because I have to now um, preserve what I have I have to now go run for cover but first of all let's understand that um, pain is real so that's one thing so when you talk about what are some steps and what are some um, tips is number one acknowledge the pain but also know the pain point and so when we think about acknowledging the pain is that um, of that fear and of, of that fear how much of it is really pain because oftentimes it comes from various medias or um, that you're hearing and then it starts to instill fear in you. So how much of that fear is real and how much of that fear has really inflicted pain upon you? That's number one. So identifying that and that's going to help you start to look at how much am I to really preserve and how much damage is really caused. Is this pandemic or this crisis really causing me? And it's not just the pandemic. It's beyond that. Anything in our life that causes our pain, whether it's um, a job loss, whether it's a client 
um, that we lost, whether it's something, um, a presentation we didn't do well on, it causes pain and we go into this self-preservation mode. And so I want us to really think about how um, much of this fear is really real to us and how much pain did it really cause and not something in which we um, assume or we are anticipating it causing. So let's stay in there. But some of the things I want to um, talk about is when we're talking about self-preservation, a few things. One is we have to think about, are we, being, are we preparing ourselves to move forward? That's one thing. And so self-preservation, you give it its place, understanding what it means, what is it really? But then I need you to understand that even in a crisis, it's about self-preparing. How are you preparing yourself in the crisis and beyond the crisis? And that's critical. And I think, um, um, Leah, and for those of us who are here on tonight, we confuse a couple of words. So I wanna kind of set the record for that. One, everyone's saying, you know, I'll um, produce, produce, produce. You need to be productive, productive, productive. You need to perform, perform, perform. Well, let's level set on what those words mean. And that way it would bring us, um, it gives a framework for where we are emotionally, where we are spiritually, where we are professionally, and we can actually put it in a framework that works for us individually. So what do you mean? One, when you think of the word produce, all right, uh, or to produce, that means to bring into existence, okay, to cause, to produce steam, right, and whenever you think of steam, that means something has happened, if you think about steam that's come, come from under, say if you're cooking um, on a stove, steam never happens until the fire starts to um, 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 heat up the pot, it never happens, and so to produce is to really start to bring into existence, really, you, to produce something, it could be intellectually, it could be creatively, it could be physically, but to produce is really just generating action, you have, you've not yet moved anything, but you started to dream. You started to create um, vision boards. You started to write down goals. You start to um, really think about what are you going to do with your time? What you, and so that now you are producing. So that's producing. That's produce. To produce. So I, want, I don't want us to get it confused because you can actually be having a down day and still produce. So that's one thing. So please understand that is to bring it into existence, meaning you're starting to acknowledge something. So if you had goals or if you had a business that you wanted to work on, a book you wanted to write, partnerships that you wanted to do, paperwork that you wanted to get done, you can produce that by starting to write down your schedule for it. You can actually identify when you're going to work on it. You can start to identify links that you need to go to, content that you need to pull together, and you've produced. I love that, Dr. Kimberly, just because, as you know, digitally, it's a rat race. And so you can kind of get sucked into so-and-so's doing this and so-and-so just uh -huh. made this TV appearance and dropped a book and launched this course and did this, this, and that. And then you just, you get completely overwhelmed. So I like how you simplified that and saying, like, you're running your own race. You're in your own lane. So whether producing to you means, you know, just creating the outline of the book and then figuring out, you know, you know, how am I going to, am I self-publishing or am I doing it this way? Make that decision. Like that is bringing something into fruition versus feeling like you have to be in the rat race of what, you know, society is calling production in this moment, which is completely overwhelming. So I love it. 
And that's the thing we have to know. I think we, we want to make sure that uh, we keep everything in context, right? So everybody's life looks a little different um, and or is different right now. And so to speak in, in different for reasons, you know, some people have children at home, some people do not. Some people have um, are single, some people are married. Some people still have to go to work and some do not. So we have to take it in context of what's going on. But that's the first one we produce is you can actually start the steam without actually boiling the eggs. Do you understand what I'm saying? So the, there, that could be nothing in that pot but water, but you've produced. Now I want you to think about productivity. As when you think about productivity, that is a measure. That's something effective. You can actually measure efficiency. So now you're thinking about what is my level of productivity for what's being produced? Are you, start, are you still at, at where you're producing, where you're having generation of thought, um, generation, things have been activated, or now have you literally just started to begin to measure? Am I, I did, have I moved forward toward my goals? Have I made contacts? Have I actually taken a step forward? Now you have something to measure. When you think about productivity reports, they're more focused on um, what is the measure of your producing. They haven't gotten to the outcome yet. See, outcomes is my next word, which is performance. Because when we think about productivity is what happens after it's generated. What happens after you've identified what it is you're going to do. This is so good, especially for those of us who are business owners, entrepreneurs, students, um, um, professionals in different arenas. You have to think about the productivity is how much are you moving forward toward it every single day or every other day. Now, what is your level of productivity? And you want to make sure that you're capturing that so that you can look back over the crisis when you're out of that and you're able to say, this is how I have performed. Performance is outcome. Wow. And we never think of that. We use them all inclusive, like we think they're all one word. And they're really three different words and, and they are actually doing, um, moving in the same direction, but they can be done and prompted at a different time. And so when you think about performance, you're not looking at your, um, you're not looking at your productivity or your produce individually. When you talk about performance, you're looking at the overall picture and it's measuring your outcomes. What are the results? What happened as a result of you generating thought, you produce that thought and being in productivity, in motion, measurement, and then here's the level of performance. I think that's the thing that we um, get confused. And so I want to level set that and give ourselves, I'll say this over and over again, a measure of grace, not a measure of looking at someone else and competing. See, when we measure ourselves against grace, that means let me take a look with where I am, what's going on around me, this level of crisis, my pain and my point, my pain point and my fear. And now let me start to produce from there. I love that, Dr. Kimberly, because it just breaks it down and it takes the stress away out of the entire, the entire process. Because you and I, we were talking about the meme that was going around that was like, if you don't come out of this, <laughs> this pandemic with a book, a business, a course, then you, you were just lazy or whatever that was. And that's not entirely true because like you said, everybody is different. So say you had a dream to write that book or offer that book 10 years ago, but you started, you know, boiling the pot uh -huh. and started writing down the steps. To me, 
that's success in and of itself because you did that and you waited 10 years to get to that point. That's it. So if you're doing that now where you said, let me dust this off. Let me blow the dust off of this, you know, thing outline that I wrote. Now you're starting to produce. I do want to say this. I, I, I actually stand in a place of really helping people move and, and being disciplined in where you are. Oftentimes when we talk about um, being, being our performance, our overall outcomes, it's the productivity area in that middle, the measurement that we have little movement because we've not yet um, disciplined ourselves enough to really get the motion and get the, the, you know, the momentum going. And so I do want to say that in order to get the outcome and high performance outcomes, and may I add that when you talk about high performing, that means you're above average. That means you're at the 10% of those who are in your actual industry and you are moving and grooving or those who are measured against you at that same level, you are at the top 10%. High performance, when you think about it, I used to teach high performing teams um, and I would go around to these different corporate companies and I would teach high performing teams. How is it that you can get your team to move from good to great and great to high and, you know, and, to, and the best? Well, the whole thing about high performers is that high performers, what I've learned about um, individuals who are on the team, they're not born. People think, oh, she's just a natural person. She can just, she, she just pops it. You know, she does, she's just born that way. She just wakes up. No, no, no. High performers, they are conditioned by habit and by um, and circumstances and situations. Practice makes habit. And, I, and people say practice makes perfect. No, 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 no. Practice makes habit. And so these high performers have disciplined themselves in such a way that they created structure, they created systems. They are, again, the conditioning. And that could be from experiences as well. So if you worked in an environment, and I'm, I'm a firm believer in this for everyone who's listening, Different environments will, will, you can be cultivated in different environments that will produce a different outcome. You can put the same seed, but in different soil, and you're gonna produce something differently. Each seed is conducive to what soil is planted in. So if you're in a work environment that's going to help you grow and cultivate your development as a high performer, or you're in an environment where it's not going to cultivate that for you, especially business owners, if you have a team and a staff that you're leading, or even contract workers, and the environment is not conducive um, to what the seed is planted in, what I mean by that, if it's, there's no discipline, if there's no focus, consistency, direction, vision, then what you're doing is stunting the growth of yourself as a business owner, yourself as an employee yourself um, again as, as managing a whole team and so I just want to encourage us to know that in that productivity stage it's going to require focus it's going to require discipline and it's going to require us to have a, a commitment a level of commitment like never before and, and and we can throw I can throw out cliches and terms but at the end of the a day this is what's going to help you in the productivity component to get that performance outcome. And that's the topic. We were talking about how do you have high performance in the middle of a crisis where you're gonna have to um, induce, induce your level of discipline. Induce, I mean, you're gonna have to do something different. When a doctor induces um, a woman who's in, in, in labor, they induce her and they put in some type of medicine that normally she doesn't have in her body. 
So it's the same with you. You're in a crisis situation in the middle of a pandemic. You're emotionally sad. You're in this traumatic situation. People are losing jobs. People are dying. We've already talked about self-preservation. So you're looking at the pain point and the fear factor. Now, within context, you're going to move from there into the self-preparation. And now you're going to take a look at how do I produce? What's my level of productivity so I can have performance outcomes? Then we can move to high-performing. We just trying to get to performance. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, you know me. I, I go from A to Z because I, <laughs> I love that because um, even with myself, there's things that I do every single day without fail. And sometimes they could get a little bit, you know, feeling like you're on the hamster wheel, but then, you know, as far as what are the three things that I'm going to get done today? And even with my goals, I have those mapped out three months ahead and then I back myself into it. So I know week by week by week, this is what I'm doing so that I can read mm -hmm. this by the quarter. And I totally agree with you, you know, because I, I read, I'm re really nerdy. I read all the books. <laughs> but even all of the top CEOs and those guys, they do the exact same thing. So when you're talking about production, they, if you look at their habits, they're doing the exact same thing almost every single day. And whether they want to do it or not, they make sure that it's done. Because the lower percentage of people who um, so like you said, they're in the top percent. So those that are on the bottom percent are the people that are saying, you know what, I'll do that tomorrow. And tomorrow turns into next week, turns into the month from now that turns into a year. <laughs> Listen, the biggest thing, and I wrote this note here, um, about when you think about, um, you know, performance and high performing, um, individuals, it's never, your performance is never measured against anyone else's. It's always um, intrinsic. So even if you are in a competition, the, the, it's still measured against yourself. Even though you can look at someone else's outcomes, you can't get to, be, to actually obtain that until you deal with your own disciplines, until you deal with your own practice, until you deal with the way in which you show up every single day. And that's even in the middle of a crisis. Crisis, listen, crisis happens um, to, to us. However, um, they also create something within us. They push, put pressure on potential. Potential is the thing that's locked up on the inside of us that we haven't yet introduced ourselves to. And so when we're pressed um, against a wall or we're pressed in a um, pandemic, you now have something um, that you call potential that you're going to tap into and actually going to help produce it from you, uh, out of you. And so we want to think about those terms too. Like, um, you want to think about the pressure. It's going to be two things. Um, you're going to pressure and start to move into a state of emotional trauma, depression, you know, of not having a, a healthy sense of uh, self-discipline, or you're going to move into a state where you're going to actually start to say, I have a healthy sense of where I am emotionally. I'm going to need to connect with individuals, other business owners. We're going to have to go to a networking event, do it via Zoom, in order to maintain a healthy system of um, self-discipline and self-preparation. So it's totally up to the individual, but even when you're performing at your highest, it's never about competing. It's never about measuring yourself against others. It's all about what is it that you have in your hands to do? What are your skill sets? What are your creative measures? What's the content you already have? What are those, what, what are you pulling out MP4s, recording MP3s? Like what are you doing um, in this time that's gonna help you to be more prepared during and then after?
Yeah, and I think to that point, Olga, that answers your question. I don't, I don't think that you can put high performance and I think people hear high performance and you automatically think I'm doing 50 million things in one day and I'm go, 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 go. And so when people hear high performance, you relate that to burnout because you're associating it with, oh my God, now I've got to do 50 times more than I thought I would. And that's, that's, they don't really equate, right? Because like Dr. Kimberly said, like that's not, like your journey is different from everybody else's. So what could actually be in that productivity realm could just be three simple things that you make sure you're disciplined enough to do every single day. That doesn't equate to in your mind where it's like, well, I gotta be a high performer. So I gotta make that three become 10. Of course you're gonna burn out. You're doing too much. And it don't yes. take all that. <laughs> I agree. And one thing we have to remember is the word condition. So high performers are conditioned. So when the conditions change, they're uncomfortable. So if they're in an environment where they're, they don't feel that it's either um, they're, at, they're maximizing their potential or maximizing their level of output and they're not getting the results, it is stressful. It, is, it does cause burnout because what we then do, we're used to a condition okay, an environment that helps us to produce at that level. We're, we're, we're used to getting things and um, producing at a high level, productivity is increased, and it fuels us, it feeds us. And so if we do not be care if we're not careful, we will burn out. And I say that because um, we're fueled by outcomes. We don't, goals are great, dates on calendars are great, but we like to see the outcomes and we like to see the results. We, you know, we've accomplished it. And so we are fueled by that. But the way in which high performers have to um, be in tune with when you're done, when you're burning out is here's, if, if you are moving at a high rate, you're, you're going to be sleepless nights. You're going to have early mornings. You're going to have, you know, and you have to be in tune with what are those things that say, I need to scale back. You need to be very aware of when it is. And you know, the earth, listen, the ceiling ain't falling in because today you didn't, you weren't performing at a high level. Remember, it's all about productivity. Give yourself productivity measures, especially for high performers. When you think about um, performing at a high level consistently and you're about to burn out, you need to set in um, parameters and barriers, healthy boundaries where you say, Olga, for example, well, today I'm going to work on one project and I'm going to finish um, X, Y, and Z. And you're going to, and it's going to be tough because that you're going to start feeling like you're lazy. You're going to start, <laughs> I mean, most time people feel like, oh, I'm lazy. I'm not doing anything. Um, I get in that regard as well. But remember, what did I say at the very beginning? We have to give ourselves some grace for where we are. I think my question is more related to like, um, I'm a PhD student. I'm working with a lot of PhD students and they're all like very high performers. But the question with that, like you don't see the result immediately. Like, you know, kind of how you used to perform before and you've been like, you know, kind of in the master program or like undergrad, you have like grades, you have results. And here, like for a longest time, you cannot see the result, even like you work your butt off. And a lot of people just really burned out and they're like, leaving the field, they're just like, no, it's just not for me. So like, this is very hard to maintain this balance between like still feeling good and feeling productive, even though like things are setting back. And I think it's the same with like business owners. Like, you know, when you're always in a lot of stress, but you don't see this progress immediately, like you said, like it's very important to have like this little things of success mm -hmm. at least once in a while. So like, yeah, my question was mostly about that. This like very, very high performance who like, in a moment feel like they're like failing all the time mm -hmm. 
you know, mm -hmm. kind of like no. how to keep going. <laughs> yes, this is perfect and a great question because someone, others may feel this way as well. I always say you have to create anchors and you have to give yourself small wins, low hanging fruit. And then where if you're in a program where the results are far um, reaching, that you need to um, actually identify goals and markers for yourself since you know you are a high performer. And it may not be the end result for the program, and uh, but it may be that you completed a step in the program. You completed documents. And so for you, it, you may say, for, for one person, it could say, I turned in one assignment. That's low performing. You know that's baseline. That's what you're supposed to do. But for you, it could say, I'm going to turn, I'm going to have all 10 or whatever turned in at a particular time. And you're going to have to create celebrations in there. For high performance, they don't celebrate. I'm one of them. We move on, we plow through. Once it's done, we are, that is the celebration. The celebration is completion. And so um, I believe that, you know, those of us who are here on tonight can really all attest to, we're gonna, when you are, have something that's far reaching and ahead of you, you set milestone markers where you can feel accomplished, that you celebrate. And then you can also say, well, I, pre I accomplished X, I accomplished Y. And now you know it's at the end result. And I say that because it took me seven years to complete my PhD. And in that, um, in the process of completing my PhD, uh, I was like, I don't know if this ever gonna, I don't know if this ever gonna end. And I didn't know if I'd ever have my life back. And just being transparent, there were so many crises moments that happened during um, that seven years that I did not, I could not see the end. But what I did do is I started to say, well, by May, I gotta be here. And, and then by, you know, November, I got to be here and things would happen in between, but I knew that those were my markers. And so I would encourage all of us that are in this, you know, in situations where our goals or our vision is far reaching, that we establish um, milestone markers. It sounds basic, but it's difficult. It is very difficult, especially when you um, are affirmed by the things, the outcomes that you produce. They bring us, you know, that comfort. We affirm, it affirms us. It lets us know we're doing the right thing. Um, we're valuable. We're adding value, you know, those types of things. And so that's a deeper layer of how are we validating the work that we do? Are we validating it with um, who we are or are we validated by um, what we do? And so all those things, Olga, are what you do. It's not who you are. And that's for all of us to remember, even as business owners, um, 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 individual uh, leaders at our jobs, individual contributors at work, or even those who are trying to start uh, a small business. It is what we do. It's not who we are. And when we, the vision or the goal is far reaching, we are still that same person who is produ productive, who can produce and can get those outcomes. And I love what you said, Dr. Kimberly, about um, you said it like right when I was thinking it, because I'm like, I'm the queen of never celebrating at all. Because in my mind, I'm like, oh, that's cute. Hit my checklist. Got to go on. Got to move on. And someone, I think it was my brother, which it was just crazy because with my family, they never really understood my entrepreneurial journey. And just in a phone call with him, maybe it was God. And he says, you know what, sis, like you got to celebrate the small wins along the way. It'll help you appreciate the journey so much more. It'll give you fulfillment and it'll give you that, you know, that little boost of energy to not feel burned out, but to be like, dang, I'm really good at this or dang, I'm really making some progress here and to keep going. And so I've really had to work at that. It did not come easy 
at all. Because in my mind, it's just like, oh, I could have done more. Or I should be here, not here. But even the little things, he's like, Leah, if you pay off a credit card bill, I need you to give yourself, <laughs> you know, if you pay it off, give yourself a pat on the back. <laughs> and we have to think about that too, because um, goals affect our ability to produce. And so we have to be careful with, um, you know, when we place these goals ahead of us, I see Chris, um, Christy was um, t telling, saying how she would get burnt out um, and then she would just not become motivated. And that has something to do with our goals. If we don't accomplish goals by a certain time or we have aggressive timelines or we are just burning the midnight oil and really working hard and um, not taking a break, not self-care, not really looking at how much. Here's the deal. Most of the time we operate from our um, capability instead of our capacity. And just because we're capable of doing it does not mean we have the capacity to do it. And so we need to be very careful, especially those who are high achievers, business owners, um, those who are leading teams, those who are trying to get promoted at their workplace. Those, you know, those when we're charting um, 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 territory that is uncharted and we don't know what's out there, we have to know we can't take on everything. Just because we are capable of doing it does not mean we have the capacity to do it. And so you want to make sure that we are operating out of our capacity and knowing what level of capacity we are at at this time, instead of just saying, oh, I'm capable. Oh, I can do that. Oh, I used to do this at my old job. So I can do this now in my business. Or I used to do, and now you're, now you're operating fully off of capability. And now you're, you're at capacity. You, here's capacity, but you've been capability, capability, I'm capable, yes. Put me on this project. Yes, I can do it. And here, now here is capacity. And now, you, but you already up here in capability. Now you're burnt. You passed the level in which you could maximize who you are and being the best and producing at the highest level. Now you're, you're maxed. Now you're no longer focused. You're no longer motivated. You know why? Because you're operating at a higher level of capability than you are capacity. And we have to find a way to even those things out and knowing when are we at capacity and not to be doing everything. And so these are, again, discussion and dialogue. Uh, when we talk about in the middle of a crisis, sometimes we'll take on um, other jobs or take projects that we don't want to because we feel, again, that self-preservation. Let me take this um, contract or let me take um, this particular event so I can get paid or I can expand my network or, but now you're already at capacity and now you're operating off capability. You're tired, you're frustrated, you're wondering why did you do it? And so I just wanna encourage us to be very in tune to take a temperature of when we're operating at capacity and when we're operating above um, capacity with full capability. They both look good. <laughs> <laughs> they both look amazing. But internally, that's where Christy, I hope that helps. That's where we start to feel the deflation of our motivation. Because remember, motivation is intrinsic. It's from inside out. But when we start operating from capability, we operate from the outside in. And so it starts to affect um, our internal um, motivation because we're operating from our ability, external, instead of internally from our capacity. And then Rashida said, it's difficult when you are marching in uncharted territory. Rashida, do you want to um, kind of explain or kind of give us some more context? Well, Dr. Kimberly kind of helped me out with it because even when we're marching in uncharted territory, we just have to remember 
we need to set smaller goals to get ourselves to the end goal is what I took from from what you were saying after I put that comment in there so that that helped me a lot because like you taking on a project or you doing something new in your business that you have not done before um and you just like okay this is what I want to do but you got to put those mile markers in between so you're not stressing yourself out and getting frustrated that it's going to get you to that end goal gotcha. I agree I agree with she didn't, but I also think there needs to be mile markers, but growth markers. So when you think about um, growth, if it's in uncharted territory, you have to know that there's some learning, a gap, a, a gap for learning there. And so you have to give yourself an opportunity to grow in the gap. And you, That's if you're uncharted territories, that means even if the goals are big or small, if it's uncharted, you're unaware. You have to increase your level of knowledge in a way where you can move like you typically have in the past on projects in which you were fully adept. So you have to learn as it relates to what is the in the growth gap. Fill in the growth gap when it's uncharted territory. That means you have to find, you're not going to move as fast. You're going to have to learn. You're going to have to, um, the learn, there's a learning curve there that's going to keep you uh, at a certain level for a period of time. And so if you're in uncharted territory, that means you don't know, you don't know the terrain. You don't even know how to move um, freely in it. So you need to make sure that you're educated properly, you have the proper knowledge, you have the proper resources, and then you can move toward the goal. And so that'll help um, alleviate some of that frustration is knowing that, okay, I have a gap for growth here. Now, how do I fill this gap, grow in the gap, and then move toward the goal? That is so good. Thank you. Thank you for that. Can we just keep it real, Dr. Kimberly? You know, like when uh, you hear a lot of the talks and a lot of the coaches and it's like, enjoy the journey. Enjoy the, <laughs> enjoy the progress. And so like Rashida's saying, it's like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what the end likes. You know, we got, we got all this stuff going on around us. How am I supposed to enjoy you know, navigating in uncharted territory, like what, how, how do you find the to the very beginning, like we said, we have to take a realistic view of where we are, who we are individually, not, not trying to keep up with what everyone else is doing. It goes back to our level of, like people will ask me all the time, I don't know how you produce at this level, this, you know, and do this and do that. What, you know, it's comparing apples to oranges. Because I, by nature, can write and have content and I think of all these things. That's just a part of, again, when we said earlier, my actual conditioning, all right? So if you um, measuring against someone who's been conditioned this way, trained properly, you know, you're measuring yourself against, it's totally different. And so the whole point is for us to identify where we are, what is our level of capacity, capability, and our, what is our productivity level? I will always go back to productivity. When you talk about movement, when you talk about measuring your effectiveness, that's where we need to spend more time in productivity. Everybody's trying to get to performance, the outcome. Everybody's trying to get to the final goal. I'm going to get completion. I'm going to get accomplishment. But see, the learning happens in productivity. The growth, the stretching, the pain, the fear, 
all of that happens in the productivity. That's when you are actually learning and growing and, and you're actually making movement. You've already produced it just from being a thought and getting it, you know, ready. But the productivity is measurement. Where are you learning? Um, who are you learning from? How much time are you investing? Anytime it has something to do with productivity, it has to do with time. I remember early in my career, I worked in a call center environment and we would get reports every single day. And in the reporting, we would, they would rank us and they would rank us based on a couple of things, dollar amounts collected, you know, for the day. And then we could see the week and then we could see the month. I'm saying this because what we did the day before looked different than our month in. And so many of us are measuring our month in on what we did the day before. It doesn't look that way. Productivity happens on your average. How frequently on average are you really moving forward and producing? Are you really learning? Are you cutting that curve? And so you want to think about what does that look like? I think you're measuring your end results to your daily. And we can't do that. Our daily practice will lead to our overall outcome, period, in anything we do. Yeah, there's a, there's a really good book that I, um, we're going to go to Colette and then to Christy. There's a really good book that I, I, I read it every year called The Slight Edge, and he compares that to compound interest. So thinking about, you know, money, if you put in a penny every day versus, you know, it, it'll be interest upon interest upon interest upon interest, and then you'll get to this big, big number, you know, in the bank towards the end. And so I like how you kind of put that into perspective. Um, Colette says, what if you are at a reset during this time of crisis? So with, it, with limited knowledge of what you're resetting, um, it could be job, it could be family, relationship. So it depends. So I'm speaking with limited knowledge. So if we're speaking in terms of business or we're speaking in terms of um, a transition or trans a period where you transition to, some, okay, so she says business. So we think about you're in a great, uh, a great, I look at it as opportunity. <laughs> um, and I, I want you to go into that self-preparation. Self-preparation says that it, 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 it's going to be, I'm preparing myself today so that I can have an effective and a better tomorrow. And so what you're doing is you're resetting. So now self-preparation says, um, I have to have greater vision because I got to get prepared for what's on the reset. Like, what am I resetting? And so now it's time for preparation. There's really not a lot of action. It's going to be preparing um, so that you can see it. So I would suggest really um, taking some time to get clearer vision, um, clear direction. Most people who are high performing, when we talk about high performing teams, the teams that I've worked with that we talked about training and development for high performing teams were mostly clarity and accountability. And so you're going to have to get clarity because if you're resetting in business and you don't have, you lack clarity, you're going to always bump up against frustration. And so you want to make sure that in the self-preparation that you get clear direction, clear vision. What are, what are your overall, and I'm not talking about goals because we mix vision with goals and vision and goals are different. Your goals help you get to your vision. So a lot of business owners and a lot of people, period, will just start saying, my goal is to, you know, make $5,000, um, you know, every week. That's not, that's a goal. And, and, or they'll say, my vision is to have, that's not a vision, that's a goal. Your vision is 
who do you see yourself and your business in the future? And what is your overall? So first of all, it doesn't affect your purpose. Your purpose is the why. Why is it affecting why? What, what, what is it that um, you feel that you will have an impact on and what you were created to do? That is your purpose. What is it that you bring to the earth that nobody else can do it like you? And it's not necessarily a skill. It's just the fact of what is it? You know, what is that thing that your business is going, your business purpose is going to do? And then your vision for it. How do I now um, look at what I was created to do? How am I put, what is my vision tell me that is? Your vision, your purpose drives your vision. So you're saying, oh, I was really impacting women or my business is to create um, healthy, you know, foods or whatever. That's your, your overall um, purpose is to create healthy foods. Now through the vision is, it's my, what do you do in business? Well, I provide vegan dishes or I cook, um, you know, keto. Um, and so that's a part of your vision. Now you um, have the mission. These are your clients. These are the people that you serve. Your mission are the people that you serve. Mission is target market, target audience. And those are the individuals that you serve. Now you identify that group and then you're looking at, okay, well, if I'm serving this particular group, then now I need goals. How am I going to get to that overall vision? Well, you're going to establish, I need a building or I need, you know, um, you know, a call in orders. So I'm, I'm being very general in regards to the process because I'm not a cook or anything like that. But, I'm, but as far as the steps, very specific. The purpose is the why of what you do. Your vision is, again, what is it that you're going to do to accomplish that? Your mission, who's your market, who's your, who's your people? How are you going to do that? And then taking a look at how are we going to identify the goals um, that's going to help you accomplish your vision? I'll tell you, this works in any um, arena, any territory, whether it's personal, professional, spiritual, that is what works. It's really identifying and getting clarity on where you are. There is no way you can perform at your highest and best self if you lack clarity. Love that. And Christy has her, Christy Porto, you have your hand raised. You have a question? Hey, Christy. Yeah, there I am. Hey, hey. Sorry, I didn't make it to the hair and makeup department today. Um, <laughs> uh, I had been, though, but today I didn't. Um, you know, I, I, I've been following you for a while, Dr. Kimberly, and just I love everything that you say, and, and I'm really in that repurposing stage right now. I, I'm fortunate mm -hmm. to still have a job through all of this, but I work for the airline, and uh, I, I took a lower-level position. I was a VP for another company in HR a couple mm -hmm. years ago, and um, I've got a four-year-old and a son who's on the spectrum, so it was just very challenging with my husband having a demanding job, and I guess for the past, you know, and I enjoy where I work at the airline, but I work in training and development, and so, but I just my purpose and my motivation, I just have been feeling back to burnout, you know? And so I just kind of been doing this, this soul seeking and I went and got certified as a marriage coach. Um, and I finished last March. And so I've been coaching people just on the side. And, and before I kind of went back into the workplace, I, I knew that's what I wanted to do. And I felt a calling to do it from the Lord. And so um, I started building this coaching company and it's, it's kind of, you know, my purpose, why do I want to do this? It's because me and my husband had nearly divorced years ago. God took us through this journey and we had successfully rebuilt our marriage. And so now I want to help see other marriages restored, families preserved. Mm -hmm. And so I'm taking everything I've ever learned and I have built this online curriculum. And I started doing it before 
I, I went back to work after I had my daughter, but things just weren't lining up. So it just kind of gets set on the shelf. And then um, when I left my VP job, um, I decided to go get my certification in coaching. I said, okay, I'm going to pick this uh-huh. back up. And so I started working on my curriculum again. And so this has been like a four-year process, <laughs> process I've been going through. And then it just kind of went, you know, when I took my job at the airline, it just went back on the shelf. And then I just been coaching kind of people just kind of here, you know, taking one or two clients mm-hmm. on here and there. But I've just been praying. I've just been hearing the Lord tell me, get that curriculum done. Get it out there. This is your calling. Do it. And I've just been like, okay, well, when do I have time? Because I, I'm a full-time, you know, I work full-time. I've got a four-year-old. My son's in school. My husband works. And an hour commute back and forth every day to Las Colinas. And we live in North Fort Worth. I'm thinking, Lord, when? When? Show me when. Help me know. And then this happens. So I have decided, so I decided about three weeks, two weeks ago, and that I was going to just buckle down. And I said, you know what, I'm at home. And I'm blessed to be able to work from home right now. And it's chaos in my house right now. My son goes to part-time homeschooling, part college prep school. They quickly transition to all online the week after spring break. And they have put all of it on us. Yeah. (laughs) So. Yeah. So my husband and my husband was so blessed. I mean, we were blessed. We really are. And I, I pray for everybody who's going through bad situations with no jobs. And my husband got a promotion. That's not the Lord speaking right there. He got a promotion as a manager over 18 people. He works for the railroad here in Fort Worth for being assessed. And he, he has, he's leading a team of 18. Oh, can y'all hear me? So, yes. so, I mean, what a blessing. So he's on the phone. I mean, he, he talk about stress, new manager, new dynamics, COVID going crazy. I mean, and then the railroad, they got to make sure the apps, their technology, they got to make sure those apps are up because that's what Amazon and Walmart are looking at to see if those shipments are coming in for us. So he's busy. I'm trying to homeschool. I got a four-year-old at home and I'm trying to work, but God has made a way for me to get my work done. And then I have, all, I completed. So I've got two programs in my marriage coaching. One is for, for broken marriages through affairs and things like that. And the second program is just the seven needs of marriage. I have already finished one program. I'm almost done with the second one. I had today went through and revamped my website. I mean, I, God has just given me these buckets of time and letting my little girl play, my son be self-sufficient. But, you know, it's just like, you know, I, I've, I've quickly went through repurposing because here's what I do now. After September or October, I may not have a job there anymore. Say it again, Chrissy. You're my. Uh oh, can you hear me now? It's kind of shaky. Let's let, let me turn it. Let me go to my other mic. Oh, come on. Yes. Now, can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay. So what I do know because mm-hmm. it's a stimulus package, right? So they can't lay us off until after September. My boss has already said, you know, training and development. And right now we're not training anyone. We're just revamping curriculum. So I just said, you know what? I got to do what I know I need to do because I may not have a job come September. Mm-hmm. But I know this is my calling because this is what I'm so passionate about doing. And now when I look and I say, that's why, you know, I feel like I just go, get up, I go to work, I have a paycheck, but I don't feel like I'm living my purpose in life. So I've quickly gone through, okay, what's my new purpose and what's my new vision? And, you know, and everything was there. I just needed to finish out writing some of this curriculum and get it in the plat in my, in my, um, 
in my think if it platform so that way I can start selling this and start taking on more clients. So um, it's just real exciting, I guess. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to think more positive and praying for everyone who's not going through a fortunate situation, but of course, just how you see life, right? Listen, and first of all, congratulations. That is huge. And I think um, we're ec everybody's echoing that. Congratulations to you um, and you. your husband. And then also just for you not giving up. Sometimes the win is in um, uh, not losing. <laughs> I mean, I don't know that sounds crazy, but sometimes the win is in not losing. It's just like not giving up. And so for those four years that you've been fighting for your purpose, it all leads you to the destiny road of where you are now. And so I do want to say that you're actually in self-preparation, which is being ready, be, uh, getting ready today for what you can plan for and have tomorrow. And so in that, um, just as we said earlier, being fueled by vision and ambition. And this is what I have in the self-preparation stage in crisis. You're either going to have self-preservation our self-preparation. And in that, the vision generates expectation. So you now have this fresh vision on what it is that you're supposed to do and where the Lord is leading you. In that, the vision is now generating your expectation. You got to get it on Thanksgiving. You got to start monetizing it. You got to start having a market where you reach um, couples and those types of things. And so now the self-preparation part in the crisis is while you're still working and while your son is doing the um, online platform and while your husband's trying to navigate the you know, um, charter territory, you now have a vision that's going to generate greater expectation and you're going to have to carve out time for that. Like you've been doing and another thing, ambition fuels focus. And it sounds like after those four, you know, four years, you, you remain ambitious behind it. There was just other things that had to happen. Sometimes we have to keep it real. Like we may have passion, but sometimes um, responsibility trumps passion. When you have responsibilities to take care of, passion takes a back seat sometimes. And so I just want to encourage you to take on this self-preparation. Right now, you're getting ready for tomorrow. Yeah, you nailed it. So that's what we're doing. You're getting ready for tomorrow, today, and that's during this crisis. And that's the same for um, Colette. That's the same, you know, for many of us, um, even myself as a business owner and um, of just being full-time in this thing, it'll be a year um, next month where I full-time without, you know, any extra income from a nine-to-five um, for me, uh, is the thing is, I've had to make sure that um, I continue to pay myself. I've been able to hire um, two new um, contract workers and one employee. And so it's in those things, um, learning that terrain, uh, Rashida, learning that and navigating, I had to stop because I was pushing through trying to um, trying to be the owner, like uh, the business owner and pay people and didn't know what I was doing and struggling and um, getting anxiety. You know, having like anxiety and um, crying attacks and stuff because I'm trying to, oh, this, I'm just going, this is how you do it. No, I had to go back and learn. And I also had to go hire help for people who did it better than I do um, and who people who could teach me and that I could um, actually stay in that growth gap um, a longer period of time, but yet not lose momentum. So kudos to you, Christy. And also, we want to think about when we talk about vision and what, um, Christy was saying what the Lord had for her during this season. You actually had a promote, your husband actually had a promotion in a time where it's chaos 
And then you had downtime in a um, way now where you can actually honor the gift and what he has for you. You can honor the purpose that you've been placed um, on this earth to do. So I think that's amazing. I think this is a dynamic discussion and it feeds to, in this crisis, are we going to be self-preserving or are we going to be preparing? Um, I think it's, and I want to say this, Leah, for all of us, and we can jump in, but I think for most um, individuals, it's this thing right now where people who are in, you know, we, we're saying we should be praying or you should be, you know, um, you know, praying and asking God for um, why, what's going on and getting, you know, in that realm. And then other people are saying you should be producing and, you know, and then other people saying you should be doing self-care and other people. I mean, so there's so many um, voices that's telling us what we should be doing. And I want to be the voice to tell you that you should be doing the thing that you were given to do. Ask, you know, the Lord, what is it that I'm to do now? If it's your business, if it's praying for people, why can't you pray and do business? Why can't you do self-care um, and produce? Why can't we um, do those things? Um, even, I mean, think, I'm just gonna get so real, even with the loss of my brother-in-law, and it was fresh, um, it's still fresh, it's, it's, it's a week tomorrow. My sister, I can't get to her. My mom can't get to her. My sisters can't get to her. No one can hug her. No one can love on her. And she lost her husband of almost 20 years. And so when you think about that, she's in a, um, a, a place now where we are not only in a crisis, but we have the lingering effects of a pandemic that's causing, that's interrupting our family, um, 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 you know, that, that, that family unit where we can't even be there for her. And, and, and so for about three days, I did nothing. All I could do was cry with her, be there for her, um, think ahead and what is it that we can do um, and really, you know, just think about my brother-in-law and grieve. But I didn't put a time limit on my grief. What I did, I had to compartmentalize it in a way where um, it was healthy for, for me. I can't, and so I think people are telling us what to do, but your situation um, will actually tell you what it is that you need to do. Like whenever you, if, you're, if you lost your job, is it a level of ready, set, reset? You have to reset somewhere. Are you gonna look for a new job or are you gonna stay in a state of depression? It's all, but you're still praying. It doesn't change. So I hope um, the message that I'm sending here is that everybody's unique situation is unique. But when we think about producing, I want us to keep in mind those three Ps. Produce, that means to bring into existence. It's like the steam. You can still produce and, and not put the full, like again, the steam is coming from the pot, but you're not cooking the noodles just yet. And then productivity, once you move past that part, then measuring your effectiveness. How are you moving forward every day? Maybe it's not every day, maybe it's every other day. But then the performance, what are your true outcomes? Who are you really impacting with your business? Who are the people you're really impacting at work? Who are the people you're connecting with as a student, 
are you really learning even for Olga I think you said something about school and um and, and that nature but are you really learning um the, the 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 craft or or the knowledge that you can help you in this season it's going to help the people that you're going to impact and so I think we have to uh dig a little deeper as it relates to productivity and not put it all in one and just figure out where are we in this process during this crisis it would be crazy for me to tell my sister right now to go produce something so it's not a blanket statement for all right now she's in self-preservation and i think we all agree that that's okay but someone else may be in self-preparation like christy like colette and so i think we have to be able to not um, put our limitations or our experiences on other people and make them feel guilty um, for something or a place that they're in right now. I love that. <laughs> Especially with so much that's circulating on social media and the pressures that can come from um, things that you're seeing. We're online almost all day. And so you can feel that nudge, you know, to be in a certain space. And like when we were on the phone, we were talking about it, like, it just depends on whatever season you're in in your in your life. And so you don't want to force it when really, like you said, for your sister is to be in self-preservation mode at this point in time. It would be crazy for her to beat herself up to produce. Yeah, I want to give two biblical examples if, um, for you all. Yeah. Um, when we think about crisis and even think about vision, I want to, I want to definitely talk about Noah. And I said this in a Bible study that I had um, yesterday is that if you all know, Noah built that ark and he didn't have a blueprint. He was in the middle of a crisis and he still had to go and identify measurements. He had to identify the type of material he needed. He had to, and before he could even get to the boat, yet he was still produced. He was in the producing stage. There was no productivity. He hadn't put a nail in any wood. He hadn't put a, anything together, but he was producing. You couldn't see it, but he was producing. And so I just want to share that, what that looks like at different stages. And so from that, he was able to, he didn't even have a blueprint. Some of us, Colette was speaking about just a reset. When he was building, that's a whole reset. He didn't even know what it looked like. He never had um, a, a picture. Of, of, if you notice the word, the Lord never said, here, Moses, this is what your, your um, art, I mean, um, here, Noah, here's what your ark is going to look like. And I need you to build it like this. He didn't do that. He didn't give him a vision. He was in an obscure place and he had instructions and direction. And right now we need clarity so that we can have instruction and direction for what it is that we're doing. If it's going to school, if it's um, a moving in our business, if it's reestablishing our coaching programs, or, I mean, what are those things that you need instruction and direction for yet you can't see the outcome just yet, but you're moving under instruction and direction and you're producing. You're not putting the nails and everything together and putting the animals in yet. And then the next thing I want to remind us is Nehemiah. For those of us who have this riff about should we be praying or should we be working, Nehemiah went and built a wall. It was his purpose. There were so many people who tried to build a wall before he actually was, he actually um, walked into his purpose to building, rebuilding the wall. And when he did it, y'all, they were fighting him. There were things around him. He was in crisis. And what I want to encourage you all to know is that he fought and built. And the people around him, they fought and they built. 
And it's okay if we are in a crisis and we're fighting against, um, um, you know, trying to not watch Netflix all day and <laughs> trying not to be comfortable. You fight and you build. We have this thing that we should be perfect and that it's this, it's this um, already laid out plan for us. We have to fight and build. And we will accomplish the overall outcome, which is our vision. I think Ariel had a question. Yeah, Ariel says, how do you get the clarity through prayer? Prayer as well, but I think um, prayer is, a, a, again, it's a resource, but I think that you get clarity through prayer, but also you get clarity through writing down your thoughts um, and um, what are you listening to um, and really just looking for what is it that you really want to connect to in this time? Like, what am I really to be connecting to and doing? So prayer is one of the resources, absolutely, but then clarity of thought uh, and action, writing things down. Um, and actually moving forward, what am I supposed to do? Right, just doing, I, whenever I need clarity, I do pray. Um, but I also write and I also seek out books and different resources that helps my thought process that moves toward that particular area. And so I'll get more clear. Um, even in, when we talk about the book Promise, Leah, um, I rolled out the book um, area, I mean, the um, saying that we have this book for 100 women to do um, a devotional and 100 women or 100 um, devotions that write about 100 promises. And so initially I didn't have clarity on it. I prayed about it. And then I thought about it. The initial thing was to help women during this time um, be able to I, connect with other women when they write their promise as a scripture and they write how this actual scripture helped them. And so it would be a devotion where other women would gain encouragement and they would gain you know strength and they would gain greater insight but they would also gain another revenue stream to where they would gain insight um, divine inspiration but then they're able to sell books and so if they ever hit a time of crisis like this if they're ever in a time they they know how to um creatively and um intentionally generate product that's going to give them um, uh, in income. You're welcome, Olga. Thank you so much. Olga. And so in that, I just wanted to share with um, you all, it's clarity comes the more you pray, but also the more you seek out, why am I doing what I'm doing? Is it connected to my purpose? Um, what is it that um, the vision looks like for this? And then just really writing it out, reading on it, and just being quiet too and not asking everybody um you know what do you think about this and what because now that's other avenues that are coming in that you now have to sort through and figure out and so hopefully that helps but again another thing clarity is focus you get clarity when you're focused we lose clarity when we're not focused you can't get clarity when you are not focused i love that dr kimberly one of and when you said be still like that's all i was like when i'm still especially how this pandemic has calmed me down because everybody knows the joke around town is leah you're everywhere now i can't be everywhere you know where i'm at i'm at home <laughs> but um i meditate and it, it's important for me because it clears out all the gunk in my head because i can have 200 thoughts at the same time so if i need to focus on that one um just sitting down even if it's for five minutes first thing in the morning 
um, you know, after I have my conversation with God or I go through my devotional, okay, now let me get on my mat and just clear my mind space and get that focus. And another thing on clarity, what helps me is not to force the process either. Cause I, I'm a visionary. I'll get all sorts of ideas. And That's even it. with the program I'm about to roll out, it's something that I, yeah, I wrote it down. I know that this is what I'm supposed to do, but I can't force the A to Z. And God just delivered today mm. the middle part for me. I, it's like, I know I'm going to have to do it. I had clarity on this is what I'm supposed to do, but that middle part was just fuzzy. But what I didn't do was force it, get upset, um, try to rush something and put something out that I know wasn't in line with what his vision was. I just let it come into flow. And then once it did, now he showed me the direction. Okay, I'm like, now I'm a horse out the gate. So you don't have to force force it when it's not there because then you, you're moving out of alignment and then that makes it even more stressful just very much so and thanks for sharing that because we can't force it and always think about uh, when the children of israel were uh, the exodus happened they were actually you know um free from egypt and when you think about that they never he gave them a promise but they didn't know they're going to remain in the wilderness <laughs> so <laughs> And right. so it's almost like we have a vision, but we don't know we're going to remain in the unknown territory for too long. And yeah. so that was a whole nother story about their disobedience. But it also speaks true to what Leah was saying. If we start to try to do things, now we're out of alignment. Now we're in disobedience. Now it's frustrating. It doesn't mean we're not going to get there. It just takes us a little longer. And so I wanted to encourage all of us that when we do have um, a, a vision and we've written down what the goals are. Sometimes we don't know the steps or um, when it's going to happen because sometimes you get things based on, I'm just being um, based on your Jeremiah 29 and 11. Sometimes you get things based on your Jeremiah 1 and 5, meaning he says, I, I created you in your mother's womb. I needed you together. I knew you before. You were a person. You had a purpose. So sometimes you get um, um, these desires that are, um, of the spirit and this you know for you the spirit is leading you to this desire but it's not for you to do it right now and so you may have a desire but it's a part of your um jeremiah one and five meaning he already knew it and the spirit is bringing it up in you to let you know it's there and so we're trying to act on it but it's a desire that yes you need to pay attention to but he's not actually you're not actually dealing with it in this way right today so it's things that i know that i'll um do but they haven't come um, yet up in the way that I think it's the right timing. And that can be frustrating because you can get a glimpse of destiny or a glimpse of the future and it's not yet there. And it's almost like um, Bishop Jakes was talking about instinct and he talked about a giraffe and how they eat six feet ahead. Their neck stretches 15 feet. So their body is in the back, but their neck is um, 15 feet in the sky eating off trees that they see in their vision in the next place but their body is still in the same place. Sometimes that's for us, um, especially Rashida, we're talking about that territory. Sometimes um, we see our vision and where we're going and what we're doing now, it's at the next place, but where we're planted or where we're working and where we dwell is in our current space. And we have to still come back <laughs> and deal with where we are, knowing that what's ahead of us is going to be there for us. That was so good. So that was too good. Too good. <laughs> so good. So yeah. 
So does anybody have questions for Dr. Kimberly? Um, any of you, anybody feeling stuck? Anybody feeling any pressure right now? Um, thank you to everybody, Christy and Colette and Rashida, just everybody that um, has been commenting and putting your questions out there. Um, we know that this is a very sensitive, but I, I think it's an exciting time. I think there's going to be a lot of good things to come out of this for a lot of people, and I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> I wake up I'm every really day. Excited. I'm excited. I'm excited for even though we're in the middle of, um, you know, the crisis, and things are coming um, at us every which and every way. But um, I just really believe that those who are praying and those who are preparing um, and those who are again, in the place of, am I producing? Is it productivity or performance? I think we'll be, I know we'll be okay, but it's all in, in the context. If you know on Sunday, you're not gonna do anything, don't do anything. That's your way of producing. That's your way of doing the work that you wanna do for that day. If it's watching television, kicking your feet up, not taking business calls, then that's okay. And so we have to know to give ourselves some grace, but at the same time, what is our level of productivity? Because that's going to equate our outcomes. Good night. Hi, Ariel. So Dr. Kimberly, first, before um, you tell everybody how they can follow you and all that good stuff, just one more time, throw out the information about the book. I, I had to marinate on my three, my three scriptures today to put in the, in the form. I just have to let you know. I was like, okay, okay. okay. No, <laughs> thank you so much. I actually um, um, know that we're going to meet 100 women. That's not a goal. That's a vision. That's a decree. Like he already promised us this and I'm excited for the 100 women. It is really, it's called promise. God's assurance of the cross, our crown on the cross. And so it's reinforcing um, his decree word, his word that he's already promised us, his official word under his spiritual authority, what he said to us and what we're doing as women. If you've held onto a scripture or this scripture helped you, or you find the scripture, it's been your favorite scripture and it helped you to actually do something or accomplish something or go through something, then that's your promise. And so I want you to, um, write about your promise and really sharing in the devotion of drawing other women to Christ through your story. It's 500 words or less, and I have the template. Once you sign up, you do get a template, and it actually it's going to be so it's going to be so it's going to be super super nice. But it's also just very methodical in the way we're going to reach women. And I said today, uh, when you think about the promise, the promise is really it's the evidence that you're presenting that th that that promise now came through you. So you're the evidence. You're the evidence that God's word um, is true. And it's true because it came through you. And now you're just going to document it. And it's the law of documentation where you now document it. And now from the documentation that legalizes it and other women will be activated. It's going to be dynamic. And so I just wanted to share that with you all. And if you would like more information, go to sparklepublishing.net slash promise. You can take a look at it. It is amazing. Um, our women have already signed up. There are co-authors that are, are there. Um, here, some of them are here now. And so, um, again, I'm just excited. It's going to be amazing. I don't even know what God is going to do. It's kind of like what we all were talking about tonight. I just have the direction and instruction. Whatever he's going to do with it, it's going to be so amazing. But I do know one thing. 
that he's caused me to not pull women with me, but carry women alongside me. And that means there's nobody behind me. We're all right here. So if someone goes as a forerunner before me, I'm good with that because I know that she's going to be right here and she's going to carry me alongside her. And he's called me to do that, but also to help women generate an extra revenue stream and to help them to be able to know that even in crisis, it might not make you rich, but it can actually help you start to manifest other things and to create other things. And so this is going to be a launching pad for a lot of women. It's going to wake up a lot of things and there's going to be deliverance from a lot of, um, of things that we've been dealing with from this devotional. And I'm so excited. So I'll put the link in the comments. Y'all just copy paste it. Um, get in touch with Dr. Kimberly. It's going to be phenomenal. I know it's going to bless so many people. And I just want to thank you so much, Dr. Kimberly, for giving me your time. I know you are, what, an hour ahead? <laughs> Lord Jesus. Listen, I am an hour ahead. <laughs> <laughs> it is super late. But thank you so much. And for those that want to follow you, how can they follow you and get in touch? Well, you can go to drkimberlyellison.com. That's my website, but I would love to connect with you on social media. I think most of you I'm already connected with, but it's uh, Facebook at uh, Dr. Kimberly Ellison, or you can go to Kimberly Ellison, which um, I utilize that one as well. Um, but Dr. Kimberly Ellison is my page, and then you can go to Instagram for Dr. Kimberly Ellison. And for all of you guys that think this was power-packed, um, this will be up on my YouTube channel, Leah Frazier. And you can also follow Think Free Media on Facebook. Um, I'm going to give this to Dr. Kimberly to share out. So anybody that you know, girlfriends or people that you know that are struggling during this time, please, when this come, comes out, share this video with them um, to encourage them. Um, and you can rewatch it again and again. It'll also be on my podcast as well. And I'll have all that information for Dr. Kimberly and also on Think Free Media. So we have many more of these to come. I just had to take a break this week because I did like 15 and I was, I was almost burning myself out. So <laughs> but I had to do Dr. Kimberly this week because I was like, people need to hear this right now. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for trusting me with um, your business platform and the things that you're doing. Uh, this is, I mean, again, it's a big deal when people trust you to come on board. And so I, I don't take it lightly. I thank you and I appreciate you. And thank you to the ladies who gave up some time tonight. Um, Join in, supporting. Um, I see, uh, look, so Coach D, Heather Rashida, hey, Chrissy, Ariel, um, Colette. So y'all, thank you ladies for joining in, supporting and just sharing because it takes all of us especially that was the one thing I wanted to say Heather's there I one thing I wanted to say is in the high performing piece the teams that perform the highest and the people that perform the highest it calls for innovation and collaboration and when you do not collaborate in a time of crisis you're going to find yourself in a um, true isolation and it won't just be in your house it'll be in your business mm, that's deep Whew. well thank you Dr. Kimberly we have a lot to think about. I'm excited to see what comes out of this. And you guys keep in touch. We want to support each and every single one of you, especially during this season. So please do not hesitate to reach out. I want to wish you all a very good night. Dr. Kimberly, thank you. Absolutely. Oh, good night, ladies. Thank you all so much. Bye, everybody. Was that not amazing? 
Oh my gosh, you guys, like I I just feel so honored to have Dr. Kimberly Ellison in my circle. (laughs) So when you get to have conversations with people that are like-minded, that are where you want to be, or you can genuinely, like it's not a take, take, take type of relationship. It's definitely brainstorming and masterminding that happens. And this is how this podcast episode was birthed, was just us. I was literally sitting in my car and we talked for an hour. And um, my heart and my prayers go out to Dr. Kimberly Ellison because she did lose um, her brother-in-law to COVID-19. And this whole conversation was how how does she as a business leader as a business owner as she's launching a book series that's going to have a hundred co-authors in it how does she keep moving in the midst of and producing in the midst of all of the negativity that the pandemic is sending her way and so I just think this is so powerful I hope you were inspired if this meant something to you just send me a message or you know what People need to hear this. Share it out. Subscribe. If you want to see the visual version, it is uploaded on my YouTube channel. So just search for Leah Frazier and you can see it in the flesh. Dr. Kimberly and I have in this Q&A session. Thank you so much for listening to Inspire and Intel. There's so much more in store for you guys. Leave a review, subscribe, like it, share it out. If you ever want to reach me, you can find me on social media at the Leah Frazier. Or you can send me an email for episode requests or suggestions to Leah at Think3Media, spell three all the way out, Leah at Think3Media.com. Thank you for listening and until next time.